Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome into BMAZ and Beamer. Brian Mazeroski here with you for the next hour. Joe, uh, you'll hear from later on this afternoon as he is in again for Tom Bowerly on WBEN. Uh, what's going on? How's everybody doing? You know, trying to be in a little bit more of a chipper mood than yesterday after, you know, we were dissecting, talking through that Bill's loss. It is still, and you see it again and again, I stand by it, uh, maybe now more than I did uh, 24 hours ago. Two types of people, right? Your coin toss people and your 13 seconds people. It's uh, one or the other. And I see that people are, you know, they're still entrenched. I thought, you know, maybe now wounds will start to heal. We'll see if that happens later on in the week. But that's you got your people who are blaming a coin. You got your people who blame, you know, the bills just uh, get it done outside force right it tells me a little bit about you uh, personally what what happens did uh you know somebody else decide the game for you or did you take matters into your own hands i don't know it was an interesting 24 hours though after it you know what a way to get our attention off of the bills than to have more mask drama all across uh, western new york and new york state in case you missed it what we've been talking about throughout much of the morning was that mask drama. The uh, governor's mask mandate for the entire state of New York has been struck down by a court. Uh, Long Island State Supreme Court Justice ruled that the uh, state's mandate on masks indoors is unconstitutional. Now, we spoke with uh, Paul Cambria. There is a couple of important points here. The judge's decision was not about masks at all. I want to talk about this a little bit later. It was simply about the rule of law. He said that the mandate itself violates the state constitution because the rule was enacted without approval from the legislature. The legislature makes the rules. And then the executive branch enforces it. The executive branch doesn't act as both in the case that happened here. And as you remember, there were no emergency powers. So how can this rule happen in the first place? Well, that is what a state court just said, right? That they don't have the power to do that. So that's one. Another is Paul Cambria, uh, you know, our legal expert, 
who joined us just a few minutes ago, said that, uh, you know, the governor said yesterday we're going to pursue every option to reverse this immediately. And unlike other times, what Cambria told us is that just because the state has filed an appeal doesn't mean that there is an immediate stay in this. So the state has filed their appeal, but there is not, that doesn't mean that immediately the law goes back into effect like that. It's according to Paul Cambria. The, ju- or, uh, the court has to review all of that and make a decision. There is no immediate stay. Now, that doesn't mean that it can happen within 24 or 48 hours. But it doesn't happen instantly, is what Paul Cambria said. And then there's the impact on schools, which is, I mean, really the big issue here. We spoke earlier this morning with Michael Cornell. He's the president of the Erie Niagara Superintendents Association. This is what he had to say on it. You know, school superintendents understand and share the frustration, frankly, um, of the uncertainty. But the, the long and the short of it is uh, kids still need to wear masks in school. Puts us in a difficult position, right? I mean, we don't want to be crosswise of, of parents. I mean, our job is to, to love and support the children of every parent who sends their kids to our school. And the last thing we want to be is, is at odds with them. And we, this puts us at odds with some parents who have very strong feelings about it. And we understand their frustration. We respect their opinion. It's Michael Cornell joining us earlier. Uh, basically said that masks are still the rule in school because the state edu- education department uh, basically sent out a notice to school saying that because that stay is expected while an appeal goes on, we're going to keep the rule in order to, I don't know, keep continuity. Obviously, once you take that mask off, it is <laughs> not going to go back on very easily, especially inside of it. It doesn't go on easily, period, inside of a classroom. But it's not going to be reversed too easily. And, and I'm not the legal expert here, but there is definitely some question to that. Now, we spoke with Paul Cambria. He said that you know this ruling yesterday means masks in schools, no. And if you enforce that, then you are in violation of what the state Supreme Court said. I'm not the legal expert. It depends on where the mask mandate came from originally, I would imagine. Is that, I mean, it's the Department of Education who sent this out now? I mean, I... Eventually, that works its way up to the executive branch. Does it you know, matter whose letterhead is at the top of this? I'm not sure. But uh, Corey Hogan is another attorney we spoke with a little bit earlier on this. He, uh, this is his thoughts on the judge's ruling. This argument has been made for a couple of years, going back to when the pandemic first began. This is a little different in that they did it now under the State Administrative Procedures Act because the governor doesn't have the power when she declares a state of emergency, to pass laws herself. She can suspend laws, but she can't make them. That's attorney Corey Hogan, who was uh, challenged a number of these mandates in court. And so that's part one of what's happened. And th- th- my question on part one, and feel free to weigh in throughout the morning, 803 you can send me a text on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board or 803-0930. Uh, give me a call this morning. It, 
is, uh, and this was kind of my line of questioning when we were speaking with the experts, is what is the court listening to? And I wonder what people are listening to. Notice how all the talk here so far has been about what is legally allowed or not. Right? That was the judge's decision. It was not on anything right regarding a, a mask. I, it, this is from the judge's decision. He said the intentions of Commissioner Bassett, that's the new health commissioner, by the way, and Governor Hochul appear to be well-aimed at doing what they believe is right to protect the citizens of New York State, but they must take their case to the state legislature. There's no comment on mask mandates, uh, the efficacy of it. It's all about rule of law. And I guess my question to you is, what do you think happens next, and should that be the case? Is this actually a step in the right direction if you have been somebody who's been against these mandates in the first place? Uh, because what this is doing is saying uh, something that really uh, a lot of we've heard this time and time again over the past two years. You know, after the initial couple of months of this pandemic, there was a strong call for, hey, hang on a second. You don't have to be, uh, you know, let's get rid of every sort of stopgap or COVID containment measure to say, let's decide on these under our normal legislative process instead of having this all being brought by one person. That was fine during the emergency. But now that we're out of the emergency phase, we're out of the great unknown phase, we need to return to our normal legislative process. So if that's your main point, this is a win for you. If you're more concerned, though, about the efficacy of this, of about simply if it makes sense, I don't know if you won any real victory and it would be very interesting to see, okay, if this does go before the state legislature, how does the case of the government change? And this is the big question that I you never really get answered, but maybe it would have to be answered. If you are now the executive branch and you have to convince the legislature that you need a mask mandate for X amount of weeks, months. I don't know how they would uh, you know, determine that. But we need a statewide mask mandate. What does that look like? Now, you could be a cynic. And I would say you might be right. And that their case would just be, hey, um, you know, let's just vote this through. Can you do it a solid for me? Right. I'm a Democrat. You're a Democrat. Let's, you know, let's get it through. Um, you know, and that would be the simple way of uh, looking at it. But if the case actually had to be made, we'd finally get the answer to the question. The question that I haven't got heard an answer to when it comes to a lot of these mandates in a a good way, in a way that makes sense to me, is just simply why. Okay, you want this? Why? Tell me why. Tell me why this is needed. And can you answer my question about, all right, we had this in place and we saw record cases and then we're mandating these masks. It doesn't matter if it's a cloth mask or whatever. What, what are the masks that kids are wearing in schools? 
I mean, they're not really wearing them. And uh, they're the cloth masks that I'm now being told by everybody is totally, you know, it doesn't work against the COVID that's in the community now. Might have worked in the past. It's really not effective in stopping that uh, the Omicron COVID that we're all dealing with. So I would be very interested to see how that presentation presentation went and what the legislature thinks about all this. We've heard from a few in the media, but put it up to every single representative. What do you think about the current situation? I do think that would be very interesting. Now, number two of mass drama last night happened in Williamsville, where last week we told you, of course, about the hefty $300 fine placed on the town for, or excuse me, the village, for not respecting the mask mandate in Erie County. The fine was from the county, not the state. By the way, the county says their mask mandate rules are still in effect, despite that court ruling yesterday. Last week, the village of Williamsville saying that we will fight this. We have to hire an outside counsel because our counsel has a conflict of interest. Yesterday, reversing course saying that, well, we're not going to hire outside counsel. We're just going to pay the fine instead. Well, that certainly was his um, reasoning. And we're speaking of my deputy mayor, Sherman, uh, who was the one who had changed his vote from the executive session to last night's meeting. And when he stated a reason, yes, that was the reason that, you know, he had heard from residents via phone calls and emails. So what do you make of this? Uh, You know, part two of the equation of what's going on in Williamsville now, an about-face. Is it the right decision to pay the $300 fine instead of paying much more? (laughs) You know, I mean, how much more? Ten times more, probably, at least, to fight this in court. It was flip-flopped based on some comments that were received by uh, someone you heard from on WBEN last week, David Sherman, who last week spoke in support of fighting and last night said, hang on a second, uh, my mind has been turned around, I've talked to people, and now I'm voting the other way. And I I think these two are related, right? We want to see what the case looks like from the state and how the legislature reacts When they ask the question, why? Why do you need a mask mandate? Tell me why, and then how do you vote on this? And, you know, we heard from, that was Deb Rogers, by the way, Williamsville mayor. We heard from her, and she was questioning, you know, oh, do we really have democracy in, you know, this country, in this state? And I would say that what happened in Williamsville proves that we absolutely do. A decision was made or was in motion. And last night, what happened in Williamsville was somebody who held their own belief on what should happen, but whose job is to represent the people of the village, said that after talking to the people in the village about how this matter should be conducted, It's clear to me that they want one thing. They want to just simply pay the fine and keep going. 
And so that's how he voted. And that's how it should work, right? I mean, that's what you're asking for. If you take this to the state level, that's exactly what you're asking for. You want your representative that is voted in to listen to what you have to say, take those comments, and put them through. Make the will of the people heard. Not hold on to your own beliefs. Hey, they voted me in, so they want whatever I think because I'm the person that they voted in. They didn't vote for you know somebody to just carry their will. They voted to have me and my voice in here. No, that's I mean at least that's not how I look at it. You send representatives because not the entire village is going to show up to every meeting. They should do the will of the people. And that's what happened last night. He had a stance. He said, you know what, I still have that stance, but it's made clear to me that the people want me to go the other way. That it's more important to them to just say, hey, you know, look, you're not changing the village's mind on what they think about the mask mandate. You're not going to change what goes on at these village uh, meetings. But we'll give you $300 instead of spending thousands to fight this fine. Uh, what about you? I I know that was a, a heated topic of debate last week, but I think this is exactly how it should work. It's how it should work with almost everything. It's how it should work with the grain elevator we've been talking about over the last month. You know, put it on. Find, can somebody find out what just... The people who live in the downtown area think about it and then put their will to work. I mean, that's private property. That's one thing. What about the 33? What's the will of the people in the neighborhood? What do they want? And then that should be the choice. I mean, so often it's the loudest voice wins, the most popular voice wins, the you know, the one with the most power. But I, I think what happened in Williamsville last night is actually a good, even though their mayor today said, oh, you know, questioning democracy. Is that how we're really living? I think it's a perfect example of how it's supposed to work at the end of the day. What do you think about it? 803-0930-716-803-0930. You can weigh in on our Volkswagen Vorture Park text board, um, or by giving me a call. Someone texting in, well, what about the will of the rest of us who don't want it? I, I mean, listen, it's not everyone's ever going to get what they want. But I, I think from, you know, having, in this case, and again, I'm not in, uh, in this case, it's Dave Sherman's head. But having a week plus of hearing from people and having people reach out and seeing what the mood of the people he represents is, he came to that decision. Uh, and then someone else brought, uh, brought this up, and I asked Mayor Deb Rogers this, and she said it wasn't really considered uh, the third option which uh, you can go back to the interview, listen to her response to this, but just ignore it. Don't pay the fine. Don't fight the fine. Just act like it never happened. And then find out what happens next.
I think that's you're kind of meeting everybody in the middle, right? I, I think there are a lot of people who say, listen, I agree with the stance. I don't agree with spending thousands of dollars of my money to go after this in a courtroom somewhere. And that third option might satisfy everybody. I don't know. It's out there. It seemed like it wasn't considered that much. Ignore it. Just, uh, you know, put it with the other stack of bills that uh, <laughs> you put out. Put it with the promo mail and uh, don't necessarily go that way. I mean, there are options there. 803-0930, you want to join me? Brian Mazrowski hanging out with you for the next half hour or so. BMAZ and Beamer on WBEN. Welcome back, BMAZ and Beamer on WBEN. Brian Mazrowski here with you. And uh, we're talking about some of the more mask drama across western New York. Uh, anything to not talk about the Bills game anymore. Uh, Williamsville Mayor Deb Rogers is joining us on the line. You know, in the last segment, I uh, was referencing our interview earlier this morning with uh, Deb Rogers, who, uh, Deb, I said you were kind of questioning or bringing into question democracy, uh, but you, I, I, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, make sure I'm not paraphrasing any of your statements the wrong way. Hi. Well, well thanks, Brian. I appreciate that. Um, I was just listening, and I just wanted to clarify that when you and I spoke earlier, um, when I said the democracy um, comment, um, I believe that that we saw last night that democracy is alive and well in the village of Williamsville. Um, my deputy mayor Sherman uh, did and cast his vote and he casted his vote and standing behind it hundred percent to what he was hearing from residents. Um, I wanted to say that when I cast my vote at both the December 13th meeting and the January 10th meeting, we had at least 50 individuals who were all in favor of where I stood on the issue. And so we possibly what's happening is um, Trustee Sherman is hearing from a different group of individuals um, than the individuals that I am representing and speaking for. However, that being said, I was questioning whether or not what we were seeing on a state level and the county level was truly representing a democracy. As you know, the uh, court ruling last night uh, came down that the mask mandate was ruled to be unconstitutional. Yet this morning in Erie County, we wake up to a day where a mask mandate um, is still in action. So when I question the democracy, I'm questioning it not on a village level because we saw democracy at work last night. But uh, this morning, I'm certainly questioning it on a state and county level. All right. Well, I thank you for making the clarification. I, does anything change on a village level moving forward? You, you know, this fine, all right, now it's going to be paid instead of fought in a courtroom. But is that going to change the way the board acts, village um, you know, events uh, are carried out going forward? Or are you just kind of business as you have been for the last month or so? Yeah, um, so it's certainly not, I can only speak for myself and my behavior. Uh, I did actually call Deputy Mayor Sherman this morning, and I um, just wanted to make sure that there was no um, faulty thinking that somehow his change of vote was going to change the way that I work with him or the way that I view him. And um, so we, we had a conversation, and, uh, you know, I'm planning on moving forward in a professional manner and moving the village forward on other projects and initiatives we have in the works right now. 
Well, Deb, thanks for the call and thanks for the clarification this morning. That's uh, Niagara, or excuse me, geez, Niagara Falls. Yeah, Niagara Falls on the brain. Williamsville, Village of Williamsville Mayor. Thanks, Brian. Deb Rogers, who's uh, joining us uh, this morning to kind of clarify some of those comments, which, you know, I, I do think it's the case. And it's uh, what she just kind of said there and clarified there that that is the process working, right? That is people listening to the people that they represent and taking that will and pushing it forward, right? I mean, that's kind of how it should work at the end. It's not just, oh, what one person thinks. It's what does the community think? How can I best represent that action moving forward? Uh, Missy, you're on WBEN. Thanks for waiting on hold a little bit. Uh, Missy, what do you think about this uh, kind of reversal, of course, in Williamsville? Good morning. Um, Well, you know, I'm torn on this. I don't live in Williamsville. I live in Perrysburg, which borders on Chautauqua and Erie County. Um, But, you know, I totally understand paying the 300 bucks because it's better 300 than 300,000. Okay. So I get that. But I think they should have went the route of pay nothing, do nothing. Because now you gave Erie County exactly what they wanted. You paid their fine. And so now what for their next meeting? Now they're all going to be back to wearing a mask again, or are they not and going to get another fine and pay another fine and pay another fine? It just doesn't end. So I think doing nothing about it would have been a better route than paying it. But they have to listen to the people also because that's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah, uh, and I would just push back on the pay another fine, pay another fine, because I don't think that will be the case, only because, Missy, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, this is very, I mean, we heard this out of Marilla. I mean, where these fines get dished out, it's like uh, spin the wheel and see where it lands, right? True, but don't you think that now they know, you know, they know that they got them to pay it. They know that they don't appreciate wearing the mask. So don't you think they're probably some little narc is probably going to go there again and, you know, uh-oh, they're not wearing mask again. I just think it's going to be like a repeat offense. Yeah. Well, I, you know, that's always a possibility, too. Missy, thanks so much for the call. Thanks for listening. I, I think there is a uh, – that my, you know, point – to that of just spinning the wheel is, you know, it, it was the, uh, you know, Marilla um, point. It's you, you, the point of probably a bunch of uh, bars and restaurants who say, hang on a second, I'm, you know, who might have faced a fine before. I said, I'm operating the same way the guy across the street is. You know, why here? Why not there? Why not everybody? <laughs> you know, what what is enforceable? What's not? What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to tell everyone to wear it? Am I supposed to actually enforce them wearing it? Am I supposed to be kicking people out of my building? If they're, you know, they wore it from the door to their table, but not from their table to the bathroom, you know, is that in violation or not? So that's that's the, the wheel argument that and you know again i think this a lot comes down to you know we talked about democracy in action and on the state level the ruling there all the talk is about what is legally allowed and why i 
am, you know, kind of looking forward to this state case going forward and going to the legislature is to see if that conversation shifts at all and to see if it evolves a little bit. I mean, we are still in many ways kind of doing the things that we did two years ago. Even though, I mean, we have evolved greatly in how you look at COVID, how you, you know, combat what the picture is. You know, the general mask mandate, it, it seems to be. I think you can probably see this around wherever you go out on a day-to-day basis. It's losing its popularity a little bit. Um, Maybe not necessarily in people saying, hey, yay or nay to it. But losing its effectiveness in people actually following. Because I do think that there is a large group of people, you know, by the week, growing To say, you know, listen, I was vaccinated. I, you know, wore a mask for the most part. I got COVID over the holidays because so many people did. And now I'm over it. So now I, you know, I've got that protection too. I'm just, you know, what what am I doing here? Like, let's just for my own personal mental stability. Let's just go about living my life. You know, I I did what needed to be done. I'm very confident in my protection. Wherever that might come from. And I'm ready to go on. And I have seen that a lot more in the past couple of weeks. And I don't think that there's any coincidence that it comes after uh, the explosion in COVID cases. I mean, what were we saying just a couple of weeks ago? Over the holidays, what's everyone, their mother, their dog, and, you know, two other people you knew had COVID. So I I don't think it's surprising that after that, you know, people are going to say, well, listen, all right, I had it and now I'm done with it. And so now, you know, we're going to, we're going to go on here. And so I definitely see fewer and fewer of these masks involved. You know, the data part, certainly would lead you. If I'm listening to this, if it's now my job as a legislator to make the decision on a mask mandate, I'm way less apt to now, you know, just simply say, well, you know, that doctors say masks work, so everyone wear a mask. You know, that would have been the thinking even six months ago. But now, you know, you, you look at more of this data and, all right, uh, well, hospitalization numbers. What's this? Well, now on the hospitalization chart, you can see, okay, hospitalized with COVID, hospitalized for COVID. And, and see, you know, what's going on there. You can see vaccinated, hospitalized, unvaccinated, hospitalized. Oh, okay. Well, maybe the split is a lot closer than what I thought it was. You also now can look at, okay, we put a mask mandate on the middle of November And then we saw an explosion in COVID cases that the mask mandate was supposed to prevent. It didn't seem to, looking at this data, the cases went way up and then came down with no real other intervention from what we're doing. 
So then you use all that to make your decision. And okay, so now I'm being asked as a legislator to decide if everybody across the state should have to wear a mask out in public, including kids in school who have had the option to get vaccinated, who have been exposed to the new variant of COVID undoubtedly over the last month and who are suffering the negative implications of doing in-school masking. No, it's not like putting on your sneakers. All right, now I'm being asked to say, all right, for the next, what, month, two months? You know, how long does it go for? If everybody has to do that while looking at all of this data, I think everyone should be interested to see exactly how people are taking that in and what their decision is at the end of the day. And you can be cynical. I'm tempted to be all the time and just say, well, I can tell you what's going to happen. All the Democrats are going to vote for it and all the Republicans are going to vote against it because it's all political all the time. And you're probably right. But I would like to see if what happened in Williamsville would happen on a state level. If we're actually going to go about, if we're going to have all of our politicians mingle with the public and uh, speak to them face to face and, you know, get a little bit of feedback, you know, what do you think should happen? How do you want to go forward in 2022? How do you want your kids to be able to go forward in 2022? I think if that's actually done, it would be an interesting conversation to have. And it would shift the language from being about what's legally allowed, which is important, don't get me wrong, to more so finally getting to the bottom of it and answering the question of why. Okay, we're putting a, a mask mandate in effect. Why? I mean, so far the answer has been, well, just because we're following the science. Or that's you know what the experts say. Or masks work. It's, it's always a, a short, brief, three-word, one-sentence answer. To get a little bit, which I think everyone deserves after two years, to get that expanded on a little bit, I, I think is something that we all should be interested in. And maybe that happens. Or, you know, maybe it gets hung up in the courts for forever, and it never gets to the legislature, or by the time it does... There's no interest in putting a mask mandate in place because it's November of 2022 or something. Just a thought. But I, I think it is very interesting. Mass drama continuing every single day. I mean, every day it's another one. I would love, I was talking uh, to somebody walking into the gym yesterday. And, you know, the guy had a turn around to uh, the car, said a word I'm not allowed to say on the radio. Like, ah, I yeah. forgot the mask. <laughs> Good thing you put that on because uh, I'm walking by him in the gym. Him and everyone else have it, uh, you know, below their chins <laughs> because that's what happens. And, you know, we're, we're going to sit here and uh, listen to people pretend that that's not the case. But that's what happens. I mean, if you're out and about every day, I think you have definitely seen that shift, especially over the last couple of weeks.
The showers are open. I don't know if you need to wear the mask in the shower at the gym. I typically am not looking at people when they're there. So I don't know. I don't shower there myself. But that's, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's uh, the, Whether it's the about-face Williamsville, Williamsville, that situation's pretty much done. But it, will the legislature, on a statewide level, kind of uh, replicate what happened in Williamsville? Because at the end of the day, you had somebody who had, you know, a pretty strong belief on that, who was on this station last week saying, this is what we should do for this reason. I believe it is important to fight this. Say, hang on a second. This is not about me. It's about the people who I represent. And will we see that on a statewide level if this indeed does go to the legislature as uh, the state Supreme Court justice ruled yesterday? But, I mean, as of right now, outside of Erie County, if you listen to Paul Cambria, that mass mandate is not in effect uh, for the state. And uh, Governor Kathy Oakley, I'm sure we'll hear from her at some point today, of what she is thinking about next. I don't know if I can listen to the Bills coaches, though. That's a different one. I don't, do I want to listen to the coaches dissect 13 seconds? I feel like I did that enough in my brain. Do I need to hear the reasoning behind it? Do I want to put myself through that again? I know I'm going to. I know I'm going to by the end of the day. I'll go back and listen. Torture myself once again. Can't get enough of it. Um, but it might be the last time you hear from some of these coaches. Could be on the way out. You know, getting better jobs at uh, different teams. But I'll, I'll be, you know, I'll be tuned in. I can't help it. It's like I, I watched that forward pass in Tennessee uh, like a million times before the week was over the week of that game. So there's no doubt I'll be listening to what the coaches have to say. <laughs> and you'll hear that, uh, whatever their reasoning is behind it. Here throughout the day on WBEN, they're talking right now. Uh, Sean McDermott and the Bills Brass out there. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Joe, too. Joe, I, it was a rough weekend for Joe. And I know, Joe, you'll hear from later on today. But make sure you're extra nice to Joe because he had a bad weekend. We're all suffering with the Bills loss. And, I mean, he had it double because not only did the Bills lose, and he's a Bills fan, I think, still, but his team, the Packers, lost on Saturday. I mean, and he's an owner. So that had to really sting. He, I mean, he had that bad loss on Saturday and then the Bills. So you got to be extra nice to Joe if you call in and talk to him later on today because ah, that's got to sting. When you have your, I mean, your big team lose on Saturday, you think you can, you know, oh, we'll rally. My hometown team will win on Sunday, and it didn't happen. Yikes. That's a rough feeling. Rough feeling. Be nice to Joe. <laughs> a little bit later on today, he joins you. Coming up next, we got the news with Randy. And in between myself and Joe Beamer is David Bellavia, right where he always wanted to be. In between uh, myself and Joe Beamer, he's coming up next here on WBEN. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 